Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What do Christians mean when we say that we worship one God in three persons? And how are these three persons related? Is a belief in the Trinity a mere academic curiosity, something too difficult for most to grasp? Or is an essential belief that could impact the way we personally relate to God? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. As we discussed in our first lecture, the Apostles' Creed emerged out of a simple baptism formula. Jesus tells his disciples that they are to baptize new believers in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Creed unpacks the contents of these terms, God, Father, Son, and Spirit. So to close out our time examining the Apostles' Creed, it is important to discuss the doctrine of the Trinity, this assertion that Christians worship one God in three persons. I want to begin by looking at some specifics of the language of the Trinity, and then end with why the Trinity matters to us today. First, we have to wrap our minds around this concept of one God in three persons. What do we mean by one God, and what do we mean by three persons? One of the ways we can think of this is by thinking about the difference between substance terms and relational terms. Take this sentence. John is a human being and my friend. These words, human being, are are substance words. They describe what we both share in common with one another. John and I are both human beings. And this word friend, well, this is a relational term. It's relational language. It, It tells me about my connection to John. Now, for the Trinity, God is the substance term. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And the words Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are relational terms. They refer to the connections, the relationships within God's oneness. The closest approximation to this that we can think of is of a married couple. We oftentimes think of a married couple as one, as one unit, composed of a husband and a wife. The idea is that two people can become so united, so close together, that we can think of them as one, while still acknowledging that their personhoods, their relational identities, remain. Of course, this is only an analogy to the Trinity. Human beings are limited by sin, and we are finite. We we can't fully become one with somebody else, and we can't get inside their mind and their hearts. But God does not have these limitations. The Father is fully in the Son, the Son fully, relationally intimate and one with the Father and Holy Spirit. 
The only thing that we cannot say about the Father is that he is not the Son. In this, there is a fullness and oneness within the Trinity, but the relational terms, that relationality also remains. Now, what this tells us is that within God's very self, there is a continuous and active loving. We worship a God that is intrinsically relational. There is this continual, imperfect giving and receiving of love within God's very being. Now, as we mentioned in our episode on creation, it is out of this dynamic love that God creates. Active love is creative. We are created with the purpose of entering into this relational love, but this goal is lost due to our sin. And as we've seen, the Bible is the story of how God comes to rescue us in our state of sin. And this brings up the question of how we know God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this we know in the context of God's rescue mission in the Bible. We discover God as the creator in the Old Testament, and God reveals himself as Son in Jesus by becoming one of us to die for sin and create a way for us to get back to God. Then God reveals himself as Holy Spirit at Pentecost. God sends his very spirit to be at work in us, to draw us to Jesus the Son and into the arms of the Father. We can say that God reveals himself to us as Trinity through his rescue mission to humanity. The Father creates, the Son saves, the Holy Spirit enables us to participate in this salvation. Now, it's important to realize here that we are not saying that it is only the Father that creates or only the Son that saves. We see the Trinity present in all of these things. If you remember our talk on Genesis 1, we saw the Trinity even there in creation, with the Father speaking through the Word, which is the Son, and the wind hovering over the waters, which is the Holy Spirit. One of the ways in which we can better understand the different actions of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is through what has been called the divine appropriations. We say that it is appropriate to call God the Father Creator because that is what the Father is more known for. If you think about our own lives, we can all do lots of different things, but we are typically only known by others for very specific things. So me and my friend Mike, for instance, are both capable of running and have both run throughout our lives. But my friend Mike is known by others specifically as a runner. It is something that others tend to associate with him. We could say it is appropriate to call him a runner. So in a similar way, even though the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all create, the Father is more associated with creation to us. What we can see in all this is that God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit so that we can be rescued by him and taken up into God's very eternal life. We can think of the love of the Trinity like a divine dance. If you think of a dance, two people swirl round and round in love, moving so elegantly 
and so fluidly that we can speak of them as one couple. God's Trinitarian life is this divine dance between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This active and dynamic love that is so perfect that we speak of it as one in three persons. And to speak of this Trinitarian life is to speak of a God that invites us into this very dance of love. My wife and I once had a foster daughter that loved to dance. We would turn on music and my wife and I would begin to dance together. And our foster daughter would get really, really excited to join us. So we would open up our arms and invite her into our dance. And we would all swing round and round together as one. You see, to understand God as Trinitarian is to realize that our God is intrinsically, relationally loving in this kind of divine dance, and that by revealing himself as Trinity, he is inviting us into this dance. How should we respond to this revelation? The Trinity is so profound and overwhelming that a response can only be to contemplate in wonder that God has revealed himself to us in such an intimate way. Contemplation is a great gift that we are given. Think about how you can contemplate another person. You can think about their attributes, their qualities, their very essence. When you contemplate a loved one, you begin to love and adore them simply for the fact that they exist, and you are thankful for the opportunity to be in their lives. Now, God has enabled us to do the same with him. We can dwell on, contemplate God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and delight in him simply for the fact that he is existence and eternal. And then be thankful that he has made it possible for us to be in a relationship with him. In so doing, we look to an eternity in which we will be brought fully into his presence and united to him forever. Thanks be to God. This concludes Season 1 of This We Believe. We'll be starting Season 2 very shortly by discussing how Christians love in an examination of the Ten Commandments. But before we do that, we're going to take a few special episodes to answer some of your questions. So if you have any questions regarding any of these episodes that you'd like to see answered, I'd like to invite you to submit them. You can do this through our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod, or email at thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell another friend about us, and that will go a long way towards helping us reach others. Take care, and God bless. God bless.